Hello and welcome to another episode of Full Send with Christina Kim. And Alan Chipnuck. It is only a couple hours after the last putt dropped at the Pelican LPGA Championship. It was an action-packed week for our girl, CK. Uh, so proud of you. You played your butt off. Thank you. Secured your card for next year. Obviously, you you were in the hunt today. It didn't quite go the way you wanted, but you held tough and you got it done. And take it away. Tell me everything. I'm just going to sit back and listen. Um, but what a week. Yeah. I, should we go from... The 72nd hole backwards, or should we go from Monday when I had to play in the fucking Monday qualifier? And so it's, a, it's, it's this whole thing. One, yeah. the field closed. I was not in the field. I was the first alternate. And I contacted uh, Tim Aronson with Outlier Management Group. Love those guys. They used to represent me back when they worked with Octagon. And then they had left the company um, to start their own thing. And so messaged him because, uh, gosh, was around Halloween before the field closed, the tournament had announced that Maria Fossi and Stephanie Meadow had received the first and uh, second, excuse me, second and third sponsors invites. And I was like, so um, are you guys going to continue with that same philosophy? And can I at least throw my name in the hat again, maybe, please? And... So Tim was like, well, we're still, you know, we're working on a bunch of different things. We're trying to figure out who we're going to give the invites to, but we are uh, definitely, you know, you're, you're definitely in contention. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so all of last week goes by and the, or excuse me, all of two weeks ago go by, or I don't know, what day is it? Shit. Um, anyway, the week before the tournament goes by and I'm like texting Tim because he was like, I'll let you know in 48 hours. And I texted him and I was like, so I know it's been 46. You told me <laughs> to wait 48, but, but your girl's dying here. And Tim was like, we're still, we're still working out a few things. I promise I'll let you know as soon as I can. I was like, okay. He's like, at this point, uh, you know, obviously like we're, we're not going to tell you, you know, and uh, we're not the, we're not the actual decision makers. So our recommendation is to make sure that you go to the Monday qualifier, see if you can't play your way in that way. And then if you don't like, obviously everything has to kind of get reset anyway. So I'm like, son of a bitch. And so there, you know, ob obviously there's any number of players that you could think of that might be part of it. You know, whether it's say it's, if it's Cheyenne Woods, whether you think, you know, could it be Natalie Golbis, uh, Shasta Avery Hart, she just beautiful tall girl that lives in Tampa. Like there's any number of people that they could have thought of. And so I'm like, okay, well, so I go prepare for the Monday qualifier. Turns out the Airbnb that I had booked, um, I, I didn't read the fine print closely enough because it turns out it was a clothing optional resort that I had rented my condo in. <laughs> and the amount of men that were Donald ducking around the place. I only saw one pair of titties the entire time that I was there. And um, I saw a lot of other bits, though. And it was it's it funny. was a. And it's the people it at those a, kind of places are the ones you don't want to see naked. It's like I went to a water park in Orlando and all the moms in a thong were the ones you didn't want to be, have in a thong. Like. It's a weird self-selecting audience. I can't even explain why, but let's yeah. let's not get bogged down in that. Yeah, I, I, I will say, like, I have no problem with nudity. Everybody is born nude. Everybody, you know, ev everybody's nude underneath their clothes. Uh, my only thing is, it's like, because I don't care. I mean, I'll flop about freely. I look like Dr. Zoidberg from uh, Futurama with his shell off, or or I tell people I look like a Sharpe running. But, you know, it's like, I I... I 
because I don't care, you know, if I'm in the buff, but I, I like to think, you know, would other people be uncomfortable with it? But if you're technically in a clothing optional resort, the whole bag They're is comfortable. that you're not supposed to. Yeah, everyone should just be like, okay. And I remember because I had to walk up one flight of stairs to get into my condo. The condo that was right at the base, at the top of the stairs, as the days went on, the guy was losing more clothes and the temperatures were dropping. <laughs> and the, uh, my last full day there, he was completely in the buff. And I was like, okay, I, I got to go inside my place. And I'm just like, I, I, at first I started feeling like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, Airbnb. And then it was just like, hi there, how are you? And then it was like, hi. And then it was just like, I got, I got, I got, I got, not, I got, you know, like just avert the eyes and walk off. Um, so that was before the tournament started. Great Fun. moments in Airbnb. I mean, you would think that it wouldn't be the fine print. It would be like in the headline. Clothing optional condo, right? Like, I mean, come on. That's the kind of thing or, you probably need to make clear. Yeah, nudist colony. That would be, that would be helpful. Yeah. That yeah, would be helpful. Yeah. But either way, I mean, it was still, it was a, it was a nice spot. So it's all good. Um, and I had, you know, I had a good time anyway. Cause I was like, you know what? Yeah. These people are free. Like live your life. The only, my only thing is I'm like, it's, it's kind of cold. Like what Shrinkage. is that cold? You, well, I mean, I don't care about that. They all fit. And plus, you know, some are showers, <laughs> some are growers, but you know, it's just, it, if it's cold and you live in Florida, like the, the Floridian mindset is that it's extra cold. So yeah, you should probably be wearing clothes. Maybe that's why everyone was Donald ducking. Cause they had to wear a shirt to try and stay warm. Uh, so anyway, the Monday qualifier starts, I've got my, my buddy, John Claire, um, catting for me. Who's an Wait, let me, let me stop you here though. Okay. So what is the mindset you're playing a Monday, but you know, you might have this, uh, you know, second chance. There's, there's this safety net perhaps of the sponsor's exemption. So, can, can you block nah. that out of your mind and just go all in on the, on the Monday? Are you still thinking, well, if I don't play my best, it's okay. I still have another shot at it. No, my brain was like, you know what? Just play your way in. And then that way you don't have to make the tournament feel obligated or feel guilty if they don't give you an invite. Yeah, my thoughts yeah. were, and also I, I had applied for one of the sponsors invites prior to uh, the announcement of Maria Fossi and Stephanie Meadow before they became eligible to play by virtue of their own merit. And I got shot down there. So I was like, I can't rely on them. Like, you know, I know they, they want to help me, but you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it truly is at the discretion of the sponsor. And I firmly believe like, Hey, what are, what are we going to do? Be like, Hey, give us millions of dollars and we won't give you anything in return, you know, aside from like, you know, the TV and the ads and all that stuff. But like, you know, you got to make sure that you're, you're willing to give as yeah, well sure. as, you know, take millions. So I was like, no, the Monday is the only way I get in. Go play the Monday. I'm three under through 15 holes. Sorry, three under through 16 holes. Finish bogey bogey. Uh, brutal. Missed by one. <sighs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh my God. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm first alternate. That's I'm first alternate. The last thing I want is for anyone to fall ill or become injured or anything. I want some bitch to be like, oh my God, I'm in Bermuda. I completely forgot to remove my name from the list and leave <laughs> it at that. You know, I don't want anyone to, uh, you know, cause any issues. So well, there, just, well, by I, the and way, I, for, for your fans of which I'm the president of the fan club, like, when when I saw you miss by one, I was gonna text you for play by play, but I was like, no, 
<laughs> Maybe that's not the best call. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I know. Because I wasn't, you know, there was not any like real, uh, I didn't know what happened. I obviously knew it probably came down to the last hole, the last putt. And I was dying, dying to know. But in a rare showing of discretion, I was like, okay, I'm just going to let it go. So, Bitch, you use that on Monday, but you couldn't use that today. Okay. <laughs> I waited until you were on the golf course and you couldn't see it. Yeah. All right. Well, just no, no, as no, a no. spoiler alert. <laughs> So, you know, Christina had said she was, uh, two weeks ago, like, I don't want to do a podcast. Like, I just want to focus totally this week on securing my card. And of, of course I respected that. So, you know, she gets off to this flying start. I'm jumping ahead, but I'm dying to tweet about it, but I, I don't even want to be a voice in the chorus. So I didn't say anything until she was in the middle of her round today. Like, okay, finally, I'm going to let it out and just say how proud I am of her. And then the second, like literally the second I pressed send, a few things went sideways, but let's go back. So, all right. You... Hold on real quick though. I will say you had, it was the six words you could not use. I don't want to jinx it. And then you go off. <laughs> oh no, I can't, like, I can't. Like the worst time. To, I mean, I've had some ill-timed tweets <laughs> in my life. That's at the top of the list. We'll get to that. All right. So we'll get to that. Heartbreak at the Monday. Yeah. So now you're you're in the waiting game. You're still obviously grinding to get your game ready. Oh, I as soon as I know that I'm out, I put my ass in my car and drive the nearly one hour from the Monday qualifier course to the Pelican Golf Club, and I get a phone call from Tim Aronson, and he was just like, "Hey, I told you I would let you know. I'm just letting you know. I saw that you missed the qualifier by one." We are going to choose to wait until after the qualifier because the LPG regulations state the Tuesday prior to the tournament week at 5 p.m. Eastern, if I'm not mistaken, is the cutoff date. It's, it's considered our, our um, uh, commitment deadline. Uh, there's a late withdrawal deadline that is 5 p.m. the Friday of the week prior to the tournament. And the sponsor's exemptions are granted until either 5 p.m. or one hour after the conclusion of the Monday qualifier, whichever one happens later. And then, in theory, if they choose not to uh, give out the exemptions at all, it just go to alternates one and two. Yeah. And so he was like, we're just, I'm letting you know, we're going to, you know, use our, uh, you know, stay within the guidelines and wait one hour after the qualifier. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I appreciate you calling me and letting me know that. I'm telling you, my ass is driving to the golf course right now because at present I'm first alternate and I want to make sure that I'm ready to tee it up on Thursday if I if something were to happen and somebody were to withdraw. That's where I'm at. And so I'm on the driving range and uh, hitting some balls, talking with a couple of girls. And Chantal, uh, is it Chantal McCabe? Mm -hmm. She used to be with the Golf Channel. She she pops up and she's like, hey, you know, we're, we're just chatting and chatting, you know, and, you know, just talking about a bunch of stuff and everything. And we're talking about the PJ Tour Live stuff. And, you know, we're just we're just gabbing. And I get a f I don't realize this because I have my phone like on my face. It's inserted and, into your brain, yeah. I yes. And then I decide to set it down on my um, G-Pod Pro, which is a uh, – it's, it's, it's basically a stick with a magnet on it so that you can film your own videos. Um, and I love those guys with G-Pod Pro. And so I stuck it on there because I was taking a couple of down-the-line videos and stuff. And I just like – I'm like, all right, we've been talking for like 20 minutes. I like grab my phone. I look. I have two text messages from Tim Aronson and one missed call. And he, I opened it up and he was like, call me right away or else we're going to give the spot to Natalie. 
And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. you know, not realizing Natalie's in Saudi Arabia. And so I call him and I'm like, Aaron, a- or not Aaron. I was like, Timmy, Timmy, how, how, how are you? And he was just like, shit, we just gave the spot to Natalie. And I was like, what? Oh, and he was like, ah, I'm just kidding. And I, I swear, I've said this in an interview. I swear to God, I leapt up six feet in the air. Like I was, I, I jumped up and down. I was, I looked like I was on a pogo stick. I was rolling around in the grass, like a dog that just came across an old cow shit. Like I was, I, I was just beyond elated. And I was like, oh my God. And it was just like, it was, it was the most unreal moment ever. And Tim was like, um, look to your left and up and I look, I'm on the ground. I look up and they're in the second story of the building immediately behind the, the driving range, which I think they use for like indoor teaching and things like that, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where they had their tournament office set up. And he's like standing out the window, like pointing at me. And, um, I was just like, Oh, I was like, well, I'm not ashamed. Like, you know, I'm just letting you guys know you're making the right decision. Like I, I truly am so stoked and I, I cherish the opportunity to be able to play this week. And then I was like, all right, like it's fucking go time. And, and at that point, so going back a little bit, sorry, I keep jumping back and forth. Um, I had talked, I spoken with Todd and like we had been talking, you know, the week before and I was, you know, I was, I was so stressed out. I was so stressed out for three weeks straight and my brain wasn't even thinking. And, uh, we'd been, you know, we'd been talking about, um, you know, like talking about the swing and talking about, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then I was just like, it was Sunday and I was like, okay, I'm going to be like a faux crazy needy girl kind of thing. Like, <laughs> do you want to, do you want to come? And he had texted me. Cause I said, you know, my buddy, John's going to caddy for me in the Monday qualifier. And he was just like, all right. He was like, well, he's like, I did a final pack already. He's like. I've been packed for a week (laughs) and I was like, Oh my God. Like I didn't, I, I, for some reason, because I was so stressed and so needy, like I became, I don't know. I wasn't thinking. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like my brain did not work whatsoever. I was like, there's no excuse. I'm like, I'm buying your ticket right now. So we confirmed on Sunday afternoon my time and he flew out Monday morning and landed uh, like Monday just before midnight. And I was wow. just like, yeah. And I like, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to tell him <laughs> until he landed. <laughs> it just happens. Just like, like I let him know I missed the qualifier by one. I told him about the newest colony and like whatever, whatever. And then like <laughs> I did find I was like, I finally broke it to him. I was like, yeah, like let's fucking do this. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, this is the, and of course, like, you know, Ryan French of the Fire Pit Collective is, has shown a very bright spotlight on this, but just the razor thin margin between making it or not in professional golf. And for you, it comes, you know, it could have been one putt on the Monday qualifier. It could have been one more girl on the sponsor's exemption list. And Mm. however, those decisions get made and, you know, you, one didn't go your way and one did. And now you, you've got to have a chance to control your own destiny in the tournament. Absolutely. It's, just, it's incredible turn of events. So quite, quite literally, quite yeah. literally. I, it, it was, it was unreal because I think I mentioned it before. I was 98th in points, 99, 100, 101, 102 were all in the field. So 
I mean, I could have finished, you know, any, any, anywhere on the money list or the points list, excuse me, the race to CME points list. And yeah, I mean, I, I will tell you right now, Monday qualifiers are a different type of golf altogether. It is completely different. And, um, it sounds like I'm complaining. Uh, it, it's more, it's more that I'm finding, you know, ways for there to be improvement is that the qualifier course played so much longer than the tournament course did. And because, you know, it was, it was pretty wet, but I mean, like we had like 430 yard par fours dead into the wind with a back pin, you know, and, and, um, you know, when it was like a literal, like, Oh my God, did you see that? That tumbled. I got two yards of roll. Nice. <laughs> kind of a thing, you know, but, you know, golf courses are always going to be, you know, victims to the elements and things like that. And different parts of the town are going to, you know, be a little bit, you know, more saturated than others, different types of grass. Like I, I it's, I get it. It's a thing, but I was just like, God damn, like this is shit stressful. Um, so Monday, like Monday qualifiers are no joke. Like it, it's, it's, well, and it's a different mentality. It's almost like yes. a playoff where you have to make a birdie to win. You know, you can't play for pars in a playoff. And it's the same thing with those no. Mondays. It's like, absolutely. You know, I love how in Monday qualifiers, a guy will shoot like one under and then just walk to the parking lot at the turn. He's like, I got no chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and not to mention, I mean, any wonder, like in all honesty, any wonder that so many, um, so many of these players, you know, you get, you're, you're fucking, it is exhausting. It is exhausting. Like, I don't necessarily consider myself as part of that, you know, Monday qualify, qualifier class I get to start. You know, like, I just I just went and played somewhere else is basically what ended up happening for me during the week. So, like, huge shout-out to Lauren Coughlin for, um, you know, she she won the Monday qualifier having shot three under. And then, you know, she, she had a great week, was able to rate, retain her card, which was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know she's a no-laying-up girl, but, you know, she's a buddy of mine. I'm super, super proud of her. And yeah, it was, it, it's, it's so, so, so draining. And, yeah. um, but it's, it's interesting because I think people were as focused on you and Lauren as they were at the top of the leaderboard because, you know, we had no c- business up there. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> what they were thinking. No, no. But I mean, as far as retaining your card, because all praise to Nellie and we will get into her. Cause I know you played oh with my her. God, and- yes. And you have a, a girl crush on her, but she already has three wins and a gold medal this year. So if she doesn't win the Pelican, it's still been an amazing year. I mean, this, 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 this win did not change her life. It was cool. I'm glad she, I'm glad she snagged it, but ultimately, you know, it doesn't really make a difference in her day to day existence, but you, Laura, and all the other players, you were know, fighting for that top 100 spot. I mean, that is, that is life or death, you know, metaphorically, it's a big, huge deal. And so uh, it was cool. I mean, I got a lot of tweets throughout the week about how you were doing. Uh, and obviously the no laying up community was focused on Lauren and it was cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it's neat how there's, there's as much focus now almost on the, the, the top of the leaderboard and the bottom of the leaderboard. There's, there's like the tournament within the tournament that I think fans are much more tuned into. And, and so, uh, you know, to see you get off to a flying start, uh, you know, first couple rounds that it must've felt so good with, with all that. Cause obviously if you miss the cut, you know, you're probably, you're, you're in really tough shape given everybody else in the field. So uh, what is that, that mentality? How do you, how do you balance between attacking and protecting those first two rounds? 
Well, I mean, and and part of it is, you know, I and I I've, I've said before, like Todd's like taking half of Allium, you know, like he's just he's so chilled out, and he has this amazing presence and this incredible aura, and he's just there's just something like I can lean on him anytime I need to. And we were, you know, like all week long, we worked in perfect sync. Like I, I, you know, asked him for, you know, a handful of like, you know, do you like this club or this club? And, and, you know, it's, he's, he's so great because he doesn't feel like he needs to tell me what to do. Like, he's like, I have full faith that you can hit, you can hit any yardage with three clubs, you know, and I trust that, you know, like what you're doing. And so knowing that he has that faith in me puts more faith in me and the fact that he you know doesn't pull me off of shots and things like that like that makes me you know it, it it's one of those things where it's like you don't feel like you second guess yourself you know and we're in yeah. perfect harmony every single time um and he he read a lot of really really good putts he read some great putts um i will say like i i feel like i could have been 30 under through the first 3 rounds in all <laughs> honesty like i missed That's- So, I mean, I missed probably half of the putts in my first nine holes every day, every day. And, um, so, which was really, really awesome. Um, but no, I just, I was like, Todd, this is, if this is our last event, like one, let's just have some fucking fun. And two, like, there's nothing to lose at this point. Like the only thing that can go wrong is if we, if, is if I get in my own way, and, you know, it was, this was, it was a nice, it was nice because I was able to sort of get back, you know, like a, a, a fraction of what I felt like when I won, um, in 2014 at the Loreno Choi Invitational presented by Banamex, uh, <laughs> that sense of Zen. I, and don't get me wrong. I was scared shitless all four days. Cause that <laughs> is like the Pelican golf club is if you haven't played it, it's a phenomenal golf course, especially especially for Florida. There is no rough between the fairways and the bunkers. There's no rough between the bunkers and the, you know, there's fringe, but no rough between the bunkers and the putting surface. They've got these shaved runoffs. They've got, uh, you know, plenty of water, but not so much that you're like, well, we're obviously in Florida. It is a spectacular property originally designed by Donald Ross. Um, So there's just some pretty incredible complexes to the greens. And, you know, I was just like, let's just have a fucking ball. Like, this was a gift. Like, let's just have some fun. And also, like, you know, it's not like, you know, I kind of joked about it, but it was like, you know, and also no pressure. It's not like I want to make the entire Doyle family and everyone with Dex Imaging and Konica uh, uh, Min- Minolta and <laughs> everyone with Outlier Management look like a bunch of scrubs by shooting 81-81. You know, it was like, I don't want them to look bad as well. This is, there are a lot wow. of people that this is involved. I, I, but it, it is something that I'm like, I was so honored to be able to, get the chance to tee it up and that they believed in me and their belief in me, you know, they might've just been like, eh, fuck it. Give it to her. Like, I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like just the fact that I was still given that opportunity, <laughs> just so she'll stop text- you know, you just wanted to stop texting us. Give her, the, <laughs> give her the exemption. No, I, I actually, I talked with, I talked with Tim. I was like, and I said, it was like, I feel like my 2021 uh, motto was thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? 
in the same breath. And so he said, no, like you, we, we thought about it and this was awesome. We're giving you a chance to, to, uh, you know, write your own destiny and, you know, we want you to succeed and you're great for the game, you know, which I was always just like, okay, I don't know what you mean by that last part, but thank you for giving me the chance to, to write my own destiny because, you know, as a self-proclaimed and probably clinically, uh, proven control freak, you know, now that I can control shit as in control myself, let alone, you know, I can't control what, you know, any of the girls behind me on the, on the points list are doing, like, at least I can control myself. And so that, that gave me a sense of calm and yeah, it was just, it was just easy golf. Like, you know, I mean, I, I had a really, really nice pairing for the first two days. Um, you know, it was, I had a couple of, you know, I had a, a nice practice round on Tuesday. It was nice and late cause Todd caught, got in or late and I was like, man, you might still be adjusting to the West Coast time uh, or from the West Coast time and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. I was like, I was like, let's just go late. Uh, we teed off like j- half past 12. We had a player meeting at five and I was like, surely all of these girls that are between 12 and 12, 24 when we teed off will understand that we all need to finish and we should all be granted the opportunity to finish. We're on like hole 14. There's nobody behind us. I'm like, if we don't finish by four, 456 heads are going to roll because I am not going to be late to our mandated player meeting. Um, and, and we did finish on time, made it over all of that. And, um, you know, it, it was just, you know, had a, had a really, really nice pairing, um, had really good pairings all four days, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, the first two days I was just having fun, you know, it was nice to have a clean scorecard on Thursday, although it didn't feel like one, because I, I honestly, I missed four putts in the front nine that I felt like I should have made. Um, and, you know, it was you know, and a couple of putts, you know, towards the end of the round. But it was it was just so much fun. And, again, though, it was stressful. Like, I don't know if it was, like, daylight savings or what it was. But I was exhausted by the end of the rounds. Um, yeah. It was well, just, it's, it's, it's the fun. emotion you're pouring into it. I mean, there was so much going on. So... All right, so let, you played two great rounds, and you put yourself right in the thick of it. Saturday, your reward is a pairing with world number one Olympic gold medalist and everyone's favorite golfer, Nelly Corda. So it's somewhat amazing you guys hadn't played together until now, but I guess there's a big age difference and all that. So well, tell and, me. And realistically, uh, we also had uh, – we, we run on different schedules as well. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, the weeks I want to play early, she's playing late. The weeks I want to play late, she's playing early. Like, you know, we just have – Yeah, for sure. It just never happened. Also, by the way, we had a Brownland party. First public engagement, like, outside of playing golf that I've attended. And there was a concert by Pitbull. Mr. 305? <laughs> The pit bull was there and he, so I, I mean, like I, I can, you know, I, I can, I like his music. I'm not like a ginormous fan. I can't think of every, you know, every song, every yeah. album. Cause there's truly too damn many to name. Yeah. It's catchy as Ama- hell. Amazing performer though. He had a seven person live band. The guitarist is this beautiful woman that also played the guitar or guitar and saxophone. Excuse me. He had, he brought six backup dancers that were all legit tens like i would have <laughs> oh, yeah. flipped for any of them they were gorgeous it was this it was honest to god and it wasn't like one of those like oh this is a private engagement i'll sing for like 25 minutes at you know right some some rich dude's 
daughter's 16th birthday and then he's going to spoil her with a yeah. Rolls Royce or something. He like, and they had like videographers there because they had the screens on either side of the stage. Honestly, God, the way that it, you would have thought just by looking at the video that it was the fucking VMAs. It was everything was first class and he laid it out <laughs> the entire time. He was on stage for over an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, I saw him at a private engagement. I saw him at a Super Bowl party. It was the same deal. I mean, it was it was fun, and I don't think there's any ugly backup dancers in Pitbull's Pitbull's world for sure. Like I, that's I, that's a memory I have as well. But he the, done um, did good though. They were ridiculous, <laughs> and there was a there was like a five minute section when he was going to he went to go change. He did an out. He did a wardrobe change. Like huge props to that as well. Like super appreciative as as a, as a, an attendant of said concert. And the entire band went um, and they played salsa music. Everything was live. And then one of the dancers did an Im impeccable salsa uh, uh, dance. I don't even know what you would call it. Like it, 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 everything was top notch. Like there was no <laughs> half-assery whatsoever. Not that I would expect it from anybody that's being paid to like perform, but it was legitimately one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen, even though it's not necessarily my go-to music was his wardrobe change he changed from a white suit into a white suit was it like anyway let's Pitbull move on so came out with black pants and a black leather jacket that must have weighed 47 pounds when he did eventually take it off switched into a black suit i was expecting <laughs> mr worldwide to be showing up in all white i almost went to the party dressed in all white <laughs> but no he's, he's he's evolving so anyway sorry Sorry. Yeah. All right. That, that was a lot of Pitbull content. Let's move on. So yes. Nelly. Yes. Nels, Nels, Nels. So yeah, I had never even so much as played a practice round with Nelly. And, um, you know, I was just like, Hey, you know, like get up to the first team. She's like, yeah, she's like, I'm, she's like, I'm excited. We've never been paired together. Like, it's crazy to think that in all these years, we've never been paired together. I'm like, how long you been on tour? You know, so, time, it's, it just ain't. Well, compared to me, you know. Well, like, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm entering my 20th year, so just you know, in jest, in jest. I was like, well, like, how long have you been on tour? Um, but no, I was just like, no, dude, this is going to be awesome. And I had tweeted the night before because I was also paired with Say Young Kim. I was like, cannot wait to be outdriven by a collective 160 yards on every freaking hole. <laughs> I stayed within like anywhere from like 30 to 50 yards of of of, of Nelly on almost every drive. I was like. <laughs> Okay, excuse me. You're bragging about being within 50 yards for... Okay, Christina. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge accomplishment for me. I could be her mother, quite literally. <laughs> I, like, I outdrove Say Young a couple of times. Like, It was just like one of those things where I was like, um, excuse me, like... <laughs> This That's is kind awesome. of a thing. I'm sorry. I that was a that was a feather in my cap for me. I was stoked okay. by that. I'm just I'm just giving um, you a hard time. I know Nelly's crazy. Go right though. ahead. Yeah. No. She's she was a yeah. So that actually that made me feel a lot better. Um. But yeah. I mean, it was like we both birdied the first hole, and then like we're just like we're talking about like life, talking about her boyfriend, talking about like her dog, talking about like just anything and everything under the sun. And I was just like more and more enamored with her as a round went on because you know when you when you watch her like obviously she's very kind she's um you know obviously we talk about how telegenic she is she is tv does not do her justice pictures do not do her justice she needs to be in three dimensions um and you know but she's she's not 
you know, uh, she's not like saying me, like I will sit there and I'll talk to a tree. Like I, you know, like she's, she's, she's much more introverted than I am, um, yeah. which doesn't necessarily mean much of anything to be perfectly yeah. honest. Um, so is like Robin but, Williams or, I mean, that's, if that's the standard, <laughs> we're all more introverted than, than you are, Christina. Okay. Fair. But, um, like one thing that I was really impressed with was like, you know, cause it's like, if she was like, dude, you talk too much. Like I would have been like, Oh shit. I'm sorry. Like I, I didn't realize I was like, you know, distracting you or this or that or what she didn't give a fuck like i'd be talking to her about all kinds of shit and she just she was all in on it she never was dismissive of me like she was patient she like always like and she also she had signed the social contract in that i would ask her a question she would answer it and she would ask me a question and actually listen to my answer like i was just like you're, That's a rarity, yeah. <laughs> it really is. It really, yeah. really is. There are girls I've known for five years. I'm still waiting on my first fucking question. <laughs> and so, like, the fact... And, and it was it was easy talking, like, you know, like... And we wouldn't necessarily... It was, like... There'd be a, there were a couple of topics that were, like, not necessarily easy, but it's just, like, you know, how are you doing? You know, how's long distance going? Or, you know, what are your plans on this or that? Do you want to have kids? I know you're still a puppy yourself, but, you know, like, where are you at right now? You know, mm. and, and just all these like really, you know, just interesting well, questions. And she gave thoughtful answers. I she mean, was, ugh, I'm sure she crushed. appreciated in that golfers in general can be a little standoffish in the tur- in a tournament setting. And, um, I think especially pressure packed into the season event, you know, everyone's in their own little world. And for her, it's probably fun to have someone to engage with and who is obviously interested in her and, uh, I mean, maybe you deserve a, a, a small piece of uh, of her victory because uh, it, she probably enjoyed the round and relaxed her. And I don't know, can you get can you get five percent? You think seven? No, no, no. But no, um, no. I, so, honestly, though, no. I mean, trust me. There are times when I've been not like outwardly told you talk too much, you're a distraction, but it's like, if someone gives kind of like a dismissive answer or just kind of like, you know, whatever, like she was fully engaged. Yeah. Like that was um, huge. So I don't know if you remember, I played with her at the pro-am in San Diego, Classic, in San Diego. Yeah. Um, and one of my takeaways besides everything that you said was her incredible economy of motion. Like she just, it's like, it's hard to really express, but she moves so gracefully and she's completely contained. Like there's no fidgeting. There's, there's not a second of wasted anything. Like it's, she's just so inward. And then it's like, it all gets channeled through her golf club. Like it's just like, she's conserving her, her chi and then bam, like the, the ball just explodes off the face. It's, it's a little startling because she, everything about her is gentle, like her voice yes. and her manner and the way she moves and it's like, you feel like this is like relaxing to be in her presence. You know, she got this very soft laugh, all of it. And then she steps up and then the violence when, when her club hits the ball, it's, it's really, I mean, it's a little bit like Dustin Johnson. It, um, you know, it's, I mean, Dustin's obviously not, you can see he's a jock and you can see that with Nelly too, but even so it's just like, it's like not nothing's wasted. Not a not, there's no word. There's no expression. There's no motion that that's ever used uh, when it doesn't have to be. And that was one of my takeaways. Like it was just kind of cool to be around that her energy. 
Very much so. Very. It's and that was one thing I was that I would, had commented was just that like you know I said cause everything she does is done with grace. You know, even in how she interacts with people. You know, and and um, she's very graceful. She's like you said. It's 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 very it's efficient, but not in like a robotic sense. It's yeah. just that no, it's like smooth, everything. But <laughs> she yeah. has yeah. She has she like girls got flow. She's got flow. That's you a good know? way to put it. She's got flow, and it's yeah. just like. I was just, I was so, I honest to God was so surprised because, um, like Lydia very much the same way and that she's just, she's just so chill. She like, she's no fun to talk shit about people with like, and it's like, not that you're like saying actual bad things about someone, but just like when you're just like shooting the shit, kind of talking shit about someone and she's always like, yeah, but you know, she, you know, she'll be like, oh yeah, but you know, like, uh, you know, Christina doesn't talk about when she goes and volunteers at a soup kitchen, you know, and people are like, well, you're no fun. We're just, we're just, we're not actually saying that someone is a bad human being, but you know, like she always sees the best in people and and, too nice to talk trash. I get it. Uh, Yeah, but she lets you, she lets you. Yeah, and Nelly so, is is the same way. So that being said, I am so pumped that we've got people like those two that the next generation of golf is in their hands because there are uh, there are there are some people that could I mean truly everybody, but there are some people that could definitely take a lesson in watching her interactions with people. Um, oh yeah, for no, the I mean those are of the world. Lydia Ko is like one of my favorite athletes on the planet, any sport human beings. and human beings. Yeah. And, and Nellie is just, she's, she's world-class. So yeah, that, that's cool. All right. So you play very well alongside Nellie. You're right there going into the final round. So now this to me is like a little bit of a mind fuck where of course you want to win tournament. That's the ultimate goal. And that, that takes care of your future for a nice long while, but you can't like come out of the gate, try to knock down flags and do anything crazy. Not that kind of attitude. Shit. <laughs> um, so what is your mentality going into this round where there's a, there's the tournament in the tournament of trying to, you know, the points race, and then there's the actual tournament that you have a chance to win. So how, how are you feeling when you step to the first tee? Ah, uh, so I had done a really good job of controlling my emotions all week long. Um, it may not have looked like it. If anyone was watching the telecast or was following along, that was me controlling my emotions. I, <laughs> was I had noticed how high my heart rate was like the entire day and nothing I could do, no amount of breathing I could do could quell that. I felt like I had this tightness in my chest and in my, in my back. Like I was just like, it was, it wasn't that it felt like something needed to crack, but I was like something, something like, I don't know if someone like accidentally stuck a pencil between my butt cheeks and I didn't realize it. And I was walking around like that all day, but I was just clenched and I was acknowledging that I was clenched. And so it was, it was tough. It was, it was a bit cooler. It was actually beautiful. It was like 70 degrees out, but there was a little bit of a, there was a good breeze. Um, and I just, you know, I wasn't making as good a contact of the golf ball as I had wanted to. The the wind was kind of altering a few things, and I wasn't adjusting in the way that I could have and or should have. And then, like, and on top of that, like, I couldn't stroke a cat. Like, I couldn't make a putt to save my life. And that was the hardest thing for me to accept. Like, I just couldn't, like... I, I couldn't I couldn't get the ball to like end up near the hole. My touch was a bit off. Um, you know, it, I I think I think I might have 
maybe like not underdressed, but you know, once it drops below 70, like, and it sounds kind of silly, but this is my job. This is my work. I should have brought like a neck gaiter or my earmuffs or something. Like I, I just, I just kind of felt cold all day and it showed with, with, with my putter as well. Like I was just cold all day and everything was off by like a degree, a degree off with, you know, whether it was the angle of attack that I was swinging at, whether it was, you know, the line that I was trying to take, whether it was this, whether it was that, there was just a lot of, you know, just near misses, which kind of felt a little bit on the familiar side, but was supremely irritating seeing how like 24 hours ago it was not. So yeah. it was, uh, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a tough day, um, you know, and, and, yeah, like I was just like I didn't ever really get like mad mad. Um I played with uh Patty Tata Vanikit and done. we were thank you. Um we were on uh was it maybe 14 is the par 5 and she she mishit her tee shot and like cuz I mean that girl long. People mm-hmm. say Nelly long. That girl long. Yeah, and she kills it. Yeah, and she she pushed her drive into a bunker and buried her driver on the tee box and i was like i I I still got hit and (laughs) that's in no way ever not in some form of my vision and so i like went over there and like tapped it down with my driver and like tapped it down with my feet and then went and teed off or whatever but it was um yeah it was just it was i i there's it's really it's really hard to like quantify or, or to articulate what the day was like it was just tough and it was again I, I couldn't stroke a cat I felt like I couldn't club a seal like I couldn't you know I mean I, I I couldn't hit the side of a barn if I was five feet in front of it like it was just it was just one of those things and I'd talk to Todd and I said you know my tempo's a little bit off and you know like I, I, I it's like everything went cold like metaphorically as well as in a literal sense, like my fingers were cold. So I couldn't, couldn't quite feel anything. Like everything was just getting cold. And, and, you know, it's to think that if I had shot even par, like, you know, let alone five fucking over, like it would have been a completely like Lord only knows where I would have ended up. And so that was a, that today was a tough pill to swallow, but with everything going on the previous six days, like I'm, I'm honestly, like I'm super proud of how I played those first three days, and today is just like, fuck, I'm tired. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's an emotional toll. I mean, it, for sure. Like you were, everything you went through that there, that's gonna hit you at some point. It would be nice if it was tonight at eight p.m., but I'm not surprised you woke up and everything felt off. I mean, your nervous system had been through a heck of a lot, and, yeah. but honestly, like. You know, I was watching. So I was watching the front nine on, on the live stream, and I could see you didn't have your best stuff. But I mean, you got around an even par, and that was when I tweeted you were heading to the back nine. I was like, I'm so proud of CK. I mean, there's so much on the line, and she's just gotten it out. And um, you know, obviously, you made a couple bad swings on the back nine that that cost you. But the bottom line is, I mean, you could have blown up and shot a million on the back the way you were feeling, and you still held in there threw in a birdie, made enough pars and, and got, got it in the barn. So there's gotta be some satisfaction knowing like as much as a struggle as it was and as much pressure as you're under bottom line, you kept your card and that was the goal at the start of the week. And um, Absolutely. so is that the, obviously you're a little disappointed about how the day played out, but is that the overriding emotion is just pure relief? Yes. 
Yes, that's that. My number one goal coming into this week was just keep my card. And I mean, I had set the bar low. Like, obviously, everybody wants to win every week. There's no question about that. But I was just like, just fucking get into the tournament, you know? And then, you know, and then it's like, all right, like, obviously, you want to play well. But you don't know how much everyone else has been practicing for, you know, this, the, you know, one all season as well as during these weeks off. And, you know, you don't know how hungry everyone else is. Like, don't get don't get ahead of yourself. Just try and stay in the moment. And, you know, and then I, I, I put together a really good round. And this sounds super silly, but, you know, I shot five under in that first round. And I looked to see where the cut line was after the first day. <laughs> like, I just wanted to know, like, okay, yeah. like, how is everyone playing? How is everyone feeling? I got to tell you, that course is so hard. Like, it, I think if 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 someone would have polled Todd before the tournament started, after the practice round and after the pro-am, he probably would have been like, you know, if, she, if we can get around one or two under, you know, every couple of every day or so, like, we'd be pretty happy with that. You know, let alone going out and, you know, shooting 14 under in the first three rounds. And, and in all honesty, missing half of the putts in the front nine that I legitimately could have made. I could have, honest to God, been 30 under, um, you know, for, through the first three rounds. And not as in like, oh my God, I should have been 30 under. It was like legit, like hitting really good shots and, and just missing holes and things like that, you know. And those all those misses were like me reading putts bad. Todd Todd was a fucking rock star all week. Hmm. Um and so for me, it was just like, you know what, like, you just got to remember, like, look at where you were six days ago, you know, you, and I, I did the math. If I had stayed first alternate and I didn't get the sponsor's invite and everything else panned out the way that it ended up panning out, I would have finished 101 on the CME points list crazy how fucked is that <laughs> well and there's absolutely a lot insane there's a lot going on too i mean you've talked in previous podcasts about how because the pandemic they're using the 2019 criteria mm -hmm. for starts and that that negatively affected you um and even the last month you've been you've been doing some pretty major swing changes and you know you hear this all the time when swing changes you got you have to master it on the on the range first then you have to ma master it in tournament conditions and then it has to hold up under pressure. And so you did a heck of a job and, you know, Sunday's always going to be the ultimate test when you're in the middle of a swing change and, you know, you're, you're not quite there, but you've obviously made a huge amount of progress in just the last mm -hmm. few weeks. So that's gotta be exciting as you, as you look forward as well. Absolutely. I'm, I'm stoked. Like I'm, I'm probably not going to bathe for the next 10 days, but I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, like to an extent, yes, I am disappointed in not playing in the CME um, tour championship this week. There was one of two spots that would have allotted me the opportunity to play. Um, it would have been if I finished first, I would have jumped into the into 51st, I think, of the points list. This was what was projected. Or if I finished second, that would have gotten me to 60, like mid-60s. And even that might not have been enough to get in. And the way I see it, my off-season starts one week sooner than everyone else's. I also don't have the, the pressure from the CME Tour Championship riding on my shoulders. So I get to give myself a couple days extra rest and be able to get back on it like sooner than anyone else and be more prepared than anybody else at the start of the season. And yeah. I get to actually play in the state of Florida at the beginning of the season. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure based on the numbers. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, you know, it's been a journey. Like we've been doing this podcast all season long and there's, there's been adversity, right. And you've been honest about, about some of the challenges and that that's, I think why the fans have been on your side because they've, they've been on this journey with you for a long time. Uh, and there's been a lot of highs and there's been a few lows. And so this, this week was kind of a microcosm of the whole season. Like it, uh, there was a lot of great stuff and there was challenges, but you know, you're still standing. So, um, I'm super proud of you. It's, it's really, it was Thank a great you. effort and no, for real. And, um, I, you know, speaking for the listeners, it's, it's been fun to experience the highs and the lows and I'm glad we have a, a happy ending. It's not, it's not a Hollywood ending. You know, that would have been you making a 30 footer, uh, on the last hole to win the tournament. That's Hollywood, but this is reality. Like you, you, it was a grind and you kept your card and you're in a position to really, you know, uh, it's a springboard for next season. So I- I'm happy. And for I you. was 14 under through three rounds. Like who the fuck do I think I am? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. And to, you know, play shot for shot with Nelly on Saturday, like there's a lot of great stuff there. So, um, again, you got to give yourself a little more time for, for the swing changes to bake in. And, um, and it's hard if you haven't had a chance to contend for a tournament in a while, uh, it's not easy to just put yourself in that position. So, uh, you know, I would just say congratulations and onward. Well, thank you, Alan. No, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm super, super stoked to get my off season started because I get to, you know, my team and I will sit there and we'll, you know, assess everything. We'll figure out, you know, where the best places are for improvement. We'll figure out, you know, what the things I'm doing really well are and, you know, sort of just be able to kind of, tackle things on and, and find a way to be able to play golf stress-free and, you know, just, I'm just happy to be able to live in the moment right now. You know, oh, also Todd and I went fly fishing a few times over at the, uh, he grew up 15 minutes from here in Dunedin, Florida. And so he took, uh, myself and, and Danny Chapman, who caddies for Ali Ewing, um, uh, fishing a couple of times and my cast is getting a lot better. I must say. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's another, that's another thing from this season is, I mean, you've talked a lot about how, how much Todd has helped you and you guys seem to have great chemistry and he's gotten to know your game and it, you know, it's not easy to find a caddy you really, you really vibe with and you seem to have done that. So that, that's another positive, you know, you started out this year as a question mark, like how is that relationship going to be? And it's obviously been solidified and, you know, assuming you guys are, are going to be back at it next year, like you'll be way ahead of where you were. You know, he's got all the institutional knowledge. He knows the courses now. He knows your game. Like there's, there's a lot of, a lot of pluses that came out of that relationship too. So. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. He's, he's a rock star and he, I really, I don't know if he realized that he signed up to be, um, you know, helping me with my swing, catting for me, having to pat my head when I need it. Um, you know, psychologist at times. Yeah, he's like Sigmund uh, Freud out there, man. My, Give me a yeah, break. Like. My fly gilly, as it turns out. Like, the, the, the poor guy. Like, you know, let alone, like, the life that he has to live outside of, like, a tournament round and, and the life that he has at home, you know, with his with his girlfriend and his daughter. Um, Marley, dude, she's, like, five foot five or five foot six now. Amazing. She yeah. might be, like, seven inches taller than when you saw her last year. I'm sure that's right. Yeah. Uh, she was a sweetheart. Yeah. It, it's neat that She's I, a I rock star. Yeah. No, I, I it, I'm happy. I, I got to know Todd and, and his daughter a little bit. It gives me a little more insight into your relationship. So that's great stuff. Well, all right. What well, are, we... are you? What's going on? Well, no, 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 oh, no, no. We got, yeah. how's the book coming along? Like we deadline is in a couple of weeks. How are you? Yeah, What's yeah. happening? 
Um, I have, there's one more chapter. It's not even a long one. I'm so close. I can taste it. But before I'm now going back and doing some deep fact checking, I'm rewriting passages and I'm adding stuff that I've been meaning to add for a while or it came up. Like I want to get everything the first like 19 chapters totally in order. So when I, when I finish, when I put that last little period on that last sentence, like I really will feel like I'm done. So, nice. um, it's, yeah, it's this Mickelson book is it's out of control. Like it's absolutely out of control. It is so much fun. And I go back and there's things that I wrote, you know, a few months ago that I haven't really touched in a while and I just keep plowing forward. And so as I'm going back and, and improving these chapters, it's like, damn, that was fun. I forgot how fun that was. And, uh, so that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm a clear eyed critic of my own work. Like if, if I write something and it's like, like it's a, you know, it's a B plus or something, you know, which to me would be a, a sad because I have high expectations for myself, but I'll, I'll be like, yeah, that just didn't come together for whatever reason. But like every freaking chapter, it's just it's rollicking. I mean, there's so much in there and, um, I cannot so you're pulling wait. a Nelly Corda on your book then. <laughs> Everything yeah. is magic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I, after all these years, I kind of know what readers enjoy and there's just so much in here that fans are going to spoon up and, um, and it's not just Phil, like there's little diversions about this and that. And t Tiger makes some, he's got these cameos that are hilarious and awesome. there's, there's just so many little funny moments and insightful things. And yeah, it, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait for this to be out in the world. I think people are going to lose their minds. It's just so fun to read. But um, anyway, I'm not done yet. I mean, I've still got another another week at least of hard work. But actually, you know, my deadline was December 1st, and I wasn't sure I was even going to make it, you know, back in the summertime, late summer. But I think I'm actually going to get done like a week early, which would be unbelievable. No shit. So I know, yeah. That my, I'm sure my publisher will be happy about that. But I'm um, super proud of you. <laughs> thank you. It's been, it's been a challenge. I mean, and now, you know, like basketball season started two weeks ago. So I'm coaching the Carmel high, uh, girls, JV basketball team. I'm the head coach. And that takes like a ridiculous amount of time. It's not only the two hours a day in the gym, plus driving back and forth, which would be like half an hour each way. And, but it's the practice plan. I mean, I have like a minute by minute practice plan and it takes a lot of thought to, come up with new things and, and sequence it. So it makes sense. Like sometimes each girl needs a ball. Sometimes you're in, you're in partner stuff. And then we're doing the systemic things. And I have five girls on my team who have never touched a basketball before. Like they're, they're freshmen. They're, they're athletes. They play, but they play other sports, whether it's water polo or it's softball. One girl's on the JV football team. I mean, she's a jock, but we had, you know, we have to explain what, what is traveling? What is three seconds in the key? Like, I mean, so dealing with that, and then I have, I have a nucleus of really good players. And so trying to construct practice that makes sense for everybody is a real challenge. So it's like my, my productivity on the book has dipped a little bit because I'm just like so obsessed with, you know, uh, JV basketball, but it's also fun. It, it, it fills me up with all kinds of um, good feelings. Like they, they're, these girls are awesome and it's so much fun to be in the gym. And uh, just like in two weeks, some of the, some of the, the newbies, have improved so much it's, it's like a joke like Aww. and it's very it's very gratifying and for them of course it's exciting and fun so it, it's gonna be a hell of a season but i just gotta survive get the book done get through thanksgiving and then i can you know exhale a little bit but um by the way though 
um, I'll put this out there to any listeners. Next Saturday, which is the 20th of November, is the Wishbone Brawl at Goat Hill Park. And I'm going to drive down and write about it. Uh, of course, that's an Oceanside, just you know, in the San Diego area. And uh, Fred Couples is playing in it. Xander Shoffley, what? the gold medalist. Yeah. So the Wishbone Brawl, they've been doing it. It's probably the fifth or sixth annual. It's always around Thanksgiving. And it's just a super casual exhibition. There's no ropes. You can walk right down the fairway. And the guys used all persimmon. Um, so if you want to watch Fred Couples hit a persimmon driver, <gasps> that's like almost sexual, right? <laughs> and, yeah, I don't um, even have one, and I felt it move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a there's a stirring in our in our southern regions, and um, yeah, and so it's um, Dean Wilson's going to play, and then um, this guy who's the course record holder at the Goat, who's just you know uh, not not a not a tour player echelon, so it's going to be a once in a lifetime experience for him and. Uh, all the money goes to support, um, you know, the Goat Hill uh, Caddy Academy and improvements on the golf course. And it's just a really neat day. Uh, Matt Janelle is going to be the MC. You know, the Fire Pit Collective is sort of co-hosting the whole thing. And uh, it, there's plenty of links out there. If you just Google Wishbone Brawl, it'll come up. You have to buy tickets. All the money goes to charity. And it's really a super cool experience. So that's, that's on the horizon. Um, and... Oh, this is also, this is a very hard baby. I, I need to figure out, uh, I want to go down to, to Melbourne and cover the Sandbelt Classic. That's Jeff Ogilvie's <gasps> new tournament. And, you know, it's at, at Royal Melbourne and Kingston Heath. It's going to be the greatest tournament in golf. And um, I need to get some sort of travel exemption from the Australian government. But if we can make that happen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go cover that, which would be flat out amazing. And, Talk um, to Clates. I know. Yeah, for sure. We got to mobilize our, our people, but, um, so yeah, there's some fun stuff coming up. Um, but we have, we have future, um, we have future podcasts to, to deep dive on all that, but all this has kind of been percolating and it's all just popped. And, uh, uh, so yeah, there's all, all kinds of excitement around here, but we'll, we'll get into that. This, this is your podcast, Christina. Next week well, we can talk about other stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely run down the wishbone next week. Cause that, that's going to be awesome. So Um, Oh, it's going to be great. That's so exciting. Thank you so much for telling me about that so late in it happening. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, they only announced it a few days ago because it was hard to get guys to commit. Like Ogilvy was going to try and come over from Australia, but no shit. uh, Yeah. Cause he had a walk off ACE that, that basically won the, won the wishbone brawl a couple years ago. It's like an, sort of semi iconic moment at Goat Hill and just flat out dunked it on the last hole. And, um, Oh my God, that's a good um, ACE. That's a great ace. So yeah, with um, that semi the amphitheater setting, totally, that it has, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, all kinds of excitement, but we'll um, we'll run it back next week. Anyway, congratulations to you, to the listeners who've been here like all year slash all season. Um, it's cool you could be a part of this journey as well. So um, you want you want to send us home, Christina? Yes, let's send us home. So. Thank you to everyone for listening to yet another episode of Full Send with Christina Kim and Alan Shipnuck. Bye.